It's time for some cheap talk. You're listening to Trick Chat. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Your Cheap Talk, a show all about cheap trick. I'm one of your hosts here today, Ken Mills, and as usual, I am joined by the wonderful Brian Cramp. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Hello there, ladies and gents. And today we are joined by yet another Cheap Trick fan, Robert Lawson, who wrote some book or something. What was the name of that book, Robert? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Ken. Uh, the book is Still Competition, The Listener's Guide to Cheap Trick. Now, Robert, why did you name it Still Competition instead of Stiff Competition? Because Stiff Competition is the name of a Cheap Trick song, but that's just the kind of thing that you get on Facebook constantly, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I get, I get a lot of that. Yeah. But to me, still competition means that they might, you know, they've always been stiff competition, but they're still in the running. They're still making it happen. Yeah, that's definitely the idea. I also think that it's a little lazy to just name a book after a song or an album. I want it to be a little bit more unique. So I, I struggled with this one quite a bit. I just didn't want to call it Cheap Trick, Hot Love, or something. That's just right. kind of I'd rather try to be a little bit more creative and and maybe bring two things together or or just something that'll stand out but this one has confused uh, quite a lot of people that that's for sure well plus if you just squint a little bit it looks like it says stiff competition yeah you and know? some some people do uh, refer to it as that so i think yeah, they're, right. you know you know if, if you if your eyes just glance quickly over it your brain puts it together to what you uh, think you're referring to right, right. Which, is, which is the song well that's cool we're going to have you on and talk all about your book but bj i'd like to give a shout out to the one and the only Rhonda kaufman and she's fantastic she's very active on the cheap talk facebook page she loves the show she pledged forty dollars for rock and pod 2 and she wrote down that it was for our beer fund or i'm going to add that it is most likely for our bail money <laughs> that was very cool. Yeah, thanks, Rhonda. And everybody else listening, go chip in ten bucks. Go fund me backslash Rock and Pod twenty eighteen. Help us put on the event. And if if you're anywhere near Nashville, you owe it to yourself to get there. There's going to be a bunch of rock stars there and uh, rock personalities. We we can't even announce them all yet, but Vinnie Vincent's going to be there and so many others, and there's going to be over 26 rock podcasts represented, and BJ and I will be there, and uh, we would love to meet you. Come out. Ten bucks gets you in. You get to hang out with everybody. You might even get roped into appearing on a podcast because people will be recording all day, and there will be rock and roll records like you have not seen. It's, it's, it's like a rock and roll vinyl collector's dream, right, BJ? Yeah, and 10 bucks you get to see Vinnie Vincent live on stage doing a track by track for Lick It Up. 10 bucks. Come on. You can't beat that, folks. 10 bucks. And last year it was really cool cuz people like Mark Slaughter and Walter Egan and uh one of the Nielsen brothers were there and they're just walking around. You could talk to them. They'd sign whatever you wanted and it was great. It was a great place to hang and it was uh something I'll never forget. So Again, BJ, what are the dates and what's that website? It's August 25th 
at the Nashville Palace and the GoFundMe backslash Rockin' Pod 2018. If you just Google Rockin' Pod Expo, I'm sure all the links will pop up. There's a Facebook page. There's a website. So, And if you'd like to come on Cheap Talk, here's a way you can do this. It would help us out. You can donate. How much, what, do you, what do we want to say, 50 bucks, BJ? Sure. Okay, so for 50 bucks, you can come on our show. We will record with you. you got to have Skype. And we will talk about whatever you want to talk about with concerning Cheap Trick. You're the producer of the show that, that week. We will talk to you about all things Cheap Trick, anything you want. You've got about 45 minutes, and I think that's money well spent. It helps the Rock and Pod 2 happen. And you get to hang out with us. How cool is that, huh, BJ? Sure. So, again, website and when that is taking place? August 25th at the Nashville Palace in Nashville, Tennessee. And GoFundMe backslash RockNPod2018. Be there or be rectangle. Be there and be square. Like the cover of an album. <laughs> well, I thought it was cool that she just... Out, just yeah. out of the sweetness of her coolness, she just plucked down $40, and she didn't have to do that, and we love her to pieces. Thank you, Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. Help me get her out of my heart. Today, we're going to do one of those reaction shows. One of those. It's kind of like a mini episode. We're going to do a reaction to the new Cheap Trick song, and reaction to the to the news that's shocking the cheap trick fan world oh my oh my first off let's deal with the song what's the name of the song bj the summer looks good on you here comes the summer the summer table and first we'll we'll leave it to our guest robert what are your thoughts upon hearing the summer looks good on you well before i actually heard the song i i was uh, pretty excited the idea of them coming out with a new uh, song specifically for the summer i thought that was a great idea um you know there's a certain feel to a summer song and for them to be opening a new uh, summer tour 
uh, and having this new song, I thought this was just a great, great idea. After hearing the song, though, I don't know if they spent quite as much time thinking over the, those things as I have. So, uh, you know, it's okay. It, it, it sounds like cheap trick, but I, I think from a songwriting perspective, it's not quite as strong as I would have liked to have heard. Now, I know that, that they did play it live the other night for the first time, and uh, as with most things live, it sounds a lot better, and uh, so, that's, so that's, a, that's a good thing. But uh, the studio version, the one that you can listen to on YouTube, I was a little underwhelmed. Hmm. As always, we are very happy to have new Cheap Trick music come what may, and we're glad that the band is still doing things, but I kind of understand where you're coming from. Mr. Cramp, what are your thoughts? Yeah, underwhelmed is a good word. Um, I've seen multiple comments on Facebook of people who say something akin to, Cheap Trick can do no wrong, and, uh, you know, that <laughs> I, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It, if the song's not very good, it's not very good at you can't just like it because it's cheap trick, no matter what. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, of course, I was excited to hear it, and I very, very much wanted to like it, but I just don't really like it very much. Uh, I didn't like the title, you know, so it didn't make a good first impression <laughs> in that way. And then, I mean, the riff at the beginning is pretty cool, but the chorus is just a dud to me. You know, and I mean, I sometimes I think about you know, Robin Zander or Rick Nielsen sitting there listening to me say this and <laughs> that I feel like a fucking asshole, you know, <laughs> but just, you know, my personal uh, opinion or p point of view, I just don't really like the song and I'm definitely not going to go back and, you know, give it repeat listens. <laughs> well, Brian, though, I think, I think you just touched on something that's really important, which is the idea that you can't, critique a band that you love yeah um, you know like like there's a lot of that you know people saying that uh like robin zander sounds exactly the way he did in 1977 obviously that is <laughs> physically impossible so yeah. it doesn't it doesn't mean that you you love the band less in fact it shows that you care about the band or the artist by willing to you know p point out their faults i mean they sure uh, do not shy away from uh, talking about certain songs that they don't think are very good or certain albums. So I don't, I don't understand why the fans can't do that. But you're right. You see a lot of that, especially online, where any sort of uh, dissenting opinion just gets slammed as if uh, you know you're against the band. Actually, you're totally for the band. You're just kind of trying to keep them in check and having your own personal opinion. I know that there's lots of songs that I love that Rick Nielsen's gone on record of saying that they were mistakes or that they never should have done. So, uh, True. I think, Good I, I, you know, I, I think being able to, uh, being able to talk about that is, uh, 
a sign of a healthy fan base, not just a kind of blind worship. Right. I dig it. Since no one's asked me my thoughts, (laughs) here are my thoughts anyway. I love any new music from Cheap Trick, whether I give it an A plus or a plus one or whatever the scale is. It's always great to have new music. Having said that, I feel that they are in some sort of production rut. And I think it feels really comfortable to them because it seems to be working for them, right? Like whoever they're working with, and it seems to be a good fit for the band. But I'm not sure it's such a good fit for me as a listener. And by that I'm saying, for example, I don't really see Rick show up a lot, at least the spirit of Rick Nielsen show up a lot in this song. Now, having said all that, I heard the live version that somebody posted, and to me it sounded like ten times a better song. And does that really go back to the old thing of capture their live sound until Budokan, right? Yeah, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And the more that they play the song live, they might tinker with it a little bit, and hopefully it'll be a little stronger. I do agree with the production rut comment. Well, they, they've been very prolific in recent yes. years, but if you're prolific with mediocre or subpar material, then what's the point of being prolific? <laughs> and so I would rather hear a high-quality album every three or four years than a album that doesn't really impress me very much every year. Well, it seems like a lot of the singles and stuff are like, you're really hot, you're super hot, you're really hot, you're really super hot. You know, those could be lyrics to an upcoming single, but I, I, I kind of miss the days when they were a bit quirky, you know, things from Dream Police to Surrender to She's Tight. There was just something quirky, and I miss some of the quirky. But then again, maybe they don't feel quirky anymore. You know, it's it's been a long time coming, right? But they are, you know, they've, they've matured and found themselves, right? Sure. So they, they're entitled to that, so... I wish nothing but long life and the best life for this band, and we're not cutting them down, but I do think that this song found its teeth in the live setting, and I almost wish that they would look at the recorded thing as a demo. And, God, I wish they'd stop that flanger sound, that You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's in too many cheap trick songs nowadays. Well, that's the thing. I don't know if the word prolific actually applies if you're just sort of putting out the same thing or or a similar thing all the time that's not actually creating something new and and the last few records are they're very similar to each other Uh so we might have to look again at the word prolific i think in the same sense that people discuss their touring activities that they're the hardest working band in rock or something and I don't see doing a 45-minute opening set of greatest hits every night as working particularly hard. Well, that's a whole nother issue. And seriously, at this point, I'm just glad to see Cheap Trick if I can. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. There's not that many of the great road dogs still out and about. And uh, they definitely are that. They, they are the road dogs. But I just to me, the song sounds so much better live. The summer sounds better live, right? There you go. So that's our instant take on that, our reaction. If this were a YouTube clip, it would be me and BJ looking at uh, the screen going like, <gasps> you know, 
one of those stupid things, but we don't do that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, glad to have new Cheap Trick on the way. Uh, very excited. Want a new album. More Cheap Trick, I feel, is a good thing. So bring it on, guys. The other thing that has simply rocked the Cheap Trick fan base is the shock and the outrage 
that Robin Xander Taylor has been added to the touring lineup of Cheap Trick. Oh, has he? That's what we're seeing. <laughs> I I hadn't heard that. I don't think anyone's posted that yet. Yeah, and it seems like everybody's posting it thinking that they're the first person to ever post it. And and folks, I'm just here to tell you. There's one, one fellow on the board, he was saying, it's not been the same. It's just not the same, not having Bun up there or Tom or whoever. And there shouldn't be anybody on that stage but Cheap Trick. That's a nice fantasy, and that lasted for, what, 1977, 1976, 1977? And then they started bringing in other musicians because they simply were creating music that they could not replicate live. Right, Brian? Yeah, but there's a separation between a studio recording and a live recording. and You don't go to a concert expecting to hear every single sound that you heard on the record, you know, so... Like you're talking about that you're with the the new single, you're talking about the difference between a live sound and a studio sound. So you know what are you gonna bring? You don't have to bring a whole bunch of people out on tour so you can replicate exactly what it sounded like in the studio. And I don't know if that's why you know they right. made this change. Well, there's no keyboard player at the Budokan concerts. True. They, I mean, they they added keyboards for the album, but on the actual Budokan concert, there's no keyboards. Right, but by the time that we get to the All Shook Up tour, you you have supplemental musicians. And it's so is is Robin Taylor switching off on keyboards and guitar? I have no idea. Because he plays everything, so he could do that. No, I I think he what from my understanding is that he, and this is this is a, a point some of the people on Facebook seem to be missing when you talk about adding uh, musicians or adding more to the arrangement. They're not. They're actually not adding because the songs from what i understand the songs that robin taylor is playing guitar on his father now is not playing guitar so you're just so you're just taking the guitar away from robin senior and giving it to his son so there's more music in the sense that if he's playing or if he's singing harmony parts uh that's an additional element but the guitar playing is not an extra an additional element because they've actually taken it away from or robin has chosen not to play Hmm. Interesting. But we've we've had Todd Howarth, Magic Christian, we've had other people that have supplemented the, the sound and people act like it's always been just the four and it's it's not been that way for a very long time. You yeah, may I not have even seen the keyboard player, but you know, it was there, right? I don't have any issue with Robin Taylor being on stage. I think it's I think it's pretty interesting. I just don't know why Robin himself's not playing guitar as much. Maybe he just doesn't want to. Maybe he wants yeah, to concentrate yeah. on the vocals more. Maybe he felt that was slipping out. Or maybe he just yeah. wants to work with his kid. That's that's yeah. another thing, you know. How many people get to uh do that, right? You might as well bring your, your son into the family business. <laughs> How many people get to do that? Rick? <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm talking about like it used to be like you could start something and then hand that off to your kid at some point, right? But, and I'm not even talking about, you know, where he becomes a full member of the band, and who knows that may happen at some point. But the bottom line is, you as a Cheap Trick fan can only do one or two things. You can go on the internet and complain all you want. No one really cares. No one really does, right, BJ? I think some people do. <laughs> 
Well, I I personally don't care. You can you can pontificate all you want. The bottom line is you have an economic vote. If you think that it's 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 wrong to have Robin Zander Taylor in the band, fine. But if you're still going to go pay and see them, what's the point of being an online pontificator? You're just wasting. It's clearly not wrong. Uh, you know they can do whatever they want. I I do have mixed feelings about it though. I kind of understand why some people are. I think it's a. I mean I didn't get to see Cheap Trick in their heyday, but I saw Cheap Trick a lot in the '90s, and it was a magical thing. Uh-huh. It really was. They were. I mean they were firing on all cylinders in the '90s, and I think it's kind of like a. It's kind of diluted when you've got Dax and now you've got Robin Taylor. I could see how some people feel like this is just not the same as what you've seen before. And so that makes you sad in some way, maybe, or something like that. So I could see that kind of a point of view. And you just wonder why they're making this change, you know, and you wonder if it's connected in some way to Rick's health problems. And, you know, do they want Robin Taylor as a backup so that he's always ready to, to fill in even more than just a side man. I can understand people who have mixed feelings about it, you know, Sure. Well, you know, you, you bring up some valid points. And bottom line, if this is what it takes to keep Cheap Trick on the road healthy and happy, then I have no problem with it. We all yearn for the glory days, but, man, it hasn't been 1977 or 1978 for a long time. And it, it's almost like fans have this weird thing. You remember the movie Help, right? The Beatles' Help? where you see them and they all walk through four separate doors and yet they all live in this big house. It's kind of like we have this fantasy of bands being uh, like the monkeys or something, you know, where they all live together and they all hang out. And this is the unit, and group unity and all that. But the reality is, is often something much different. And uh, whatever it takes to for them to do their business, it's really their business. And like I said, we have an economic vote. And that, if you don't care for it, that's probably the best thing you can do. Well, and and Robin Taylor is super talented. Very, he's you know, incredibly I've talented. Him, yeah, I've seen him play live with his dad a couple times, and you know, have a lot of respect for him. It's just now it's a different band. It's a different live experience, and people fear change, myself included. You know, in certain ways, and so it's you know. You are kind of it's, like Garth in that respect. I can understand, you know, it's, I can understand like <laughs> the discomfort or just the uh, mixed feelings about it, and just wondering why, what exactly it means, and you know, it's coming on the heels of Rick's health problems and the band playing a bunch of shows without Rick, and now you get this, and you, and it's just so that I think adds to just kind of the discomfort or or people wondering what what exactly is going on here you know right the band's never really forthcoming with you know yeah. press press releases or any kind of information so a lot of the speculation online and among amongst the fans uh that could easily be you know uh, calmed down if right. they just if they just told us something that was going on you know did uh Robin Taylor did such a great job filling in for Rick that we decided to bring him along. Awesome. Like, just give us something. But, uh, you know, they don't, they don't communicate too often with, their, with the fan community. 
So even on their even on their own website. I I am sure you're going to hear that at some point during an interview. It'll they'll just talk about it. You know what I mean? Would you guys want to go see a cheap trick show without Rick Nielsen? Because I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't even want to go to that. So um, I understand that they, you know, they need to keep their income and they couldn't cancel those gigs or whatever. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't be <laughs> I wouldn't be happy if I showed up to a cheap trick show and found out Rick Nielsen wasn't there. <laughs> it would definitely I wouldn't be. be pleased. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm a fan of some bands that have members that have passed away. And I still see those bands. And, yeah, it's never the same, but, you know, you can only get that here, right? Wherever, whatever it is, like, you know, you, you can't get that anywhere else. And if you have what is the spirit of Cheap Trick left, and I want to see Cheap Trick, I'd, I'd rather see that than a cover band. Or I think Rick like is that. the spirit of Cheap Trick. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But if Rick's not feeling well, the show must go on. And that's that's... If the band wants to do that, that's fine. And you know, it's there was a guy who on Facebook that said it's time for them to hang it up. And I'm, I just, I'm gonna say the same thing I said on Facebook. You do not get to decide when a band hangs it up. You do get to decide when you, as a fan, hang it up. Like I said, it's talk about real world stuff. This is, if 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 you don't like something, don't support it. Right, it's time for them to do whatever they want to do, and you can decide whether or not you go to the show. Exactly. Right. They they have earned whatever they want to do in life. You know, they're not hurting anyone. They're just a rock and roll band, and I think we take th- all of that way too serious. I think that fans feel they own a band, and that's just ridiculous. Yeah. You own a T-shirt. You own the albums. You own a DVD or whatever you have. You might have a bumper sticker, but you don't own the people. And Cheap Trick has always been very uh, interested in keeping their private life just that, private. Very. Yeah. <laughs> very, very. So, so we support Cheap Trick and uh, as musicians. And really, I don't want to, to know about them in any other way, to be honest with you. I don't want to be their best friends. I don't want to act like I know anything because I don't. I don't. They, they provide you don't want us. to read any books about them? Oh, some no. Some Canadian guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, That's the no, last no. thing you wanted to do. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I kind of helped write that in some way, so I'm happy to see that out there. But we'll, we'll get to that on a future episode. Yeah, but, it, uh, <laughs> it's weird. The, the publisher made a mistake. Your name was supposed to be much bigger than mine on the front. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened either. <laughs> Weird. Seriously, we want to thank you for listening to this mini episode. This is probably the shortest one we've ever done for Cheap Talk. We love Cheap Trick, and we're glad to be part of this with you. And if you agree with us, fine. If you don't, fine. Let us know on the Facebook page. And we look forward to hearing more from Cheap Trick and more from you, our listeners. So thank you once again, Robert Lawson, for joining us. And uh, BJ, I guess we'll see you on the next episode. What are we talking about? We're talking about Rockford, the album. Rockford, the album, yeah. It's, it's, it, this is happening, folks. Oh, oh right. guys, I just wanted to mention one thing. I don't know if you've heard this or not. Um, uh, apparently, Robin Taylor Zander is now touring with the band. <gasps> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go post it on Facebook. <laughs> Again. <laughs> 
All right, well, we'll see you on the next episode of Cheap Talk. Thank you for listening. Good night now, ladies and gentlemen. And that's our show. Trick Chat is an online nonprofit audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to Cheap Trick or any of their members past or present. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes to buy it. If you enjoyed this show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying keep cheap tricking. I think that's good. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Robert. How you doing, mate? Fucking hell. Fucking hell. (laughs) Fucking wankers. Let's go fucking wreck a hotel room. But we gotta check in first. (laughs) I don't understand this. I don't understand it at all. Hello, Robert. If you can hear us, just maybe chat in the little window there. You know, you've got this. I'm going to type something to you. Uh, BJ pontificates. I'll just set a word type. Just put that out there, you know, for everybody. Have a little giggle. This is Mick Jagger, the Rolling Stones, and I just thought we'd have a little giggle. Keith gets very angry at me because, you know, I like to do the dancing and the singing and stuff. Can you hear me? Yes. There he is. It's about fucking time, right? (laughs) Bloody technology. Now, you're not saying it right, man. It's bloody technology. (laughs) It's that Canadian technology. Yeah. You know, I could never understand Mick always fucking running around, you know, fucking dancing and shit. I was going to go in the group and just po- post, did you guys see that Robin Taylor Xander is playing with the... <laughs> yeah. As if, no, as if five people hadn't already posted, just posted again. So here we go.